So praise God. I want to preach a new message to you this morning. It's really not a new message um, because it goes along with what I've been preaching for the last few weeks. Because, folks, I'm just telling you, this world wants to influence you. This world. I mean, come on. Listen, I, 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 I turned on the television. I was watching uh, Andy Griffith. You can't go wrong watching the old black and white Andy Griffith show. But the commercials that were coming on were the modern, you know, like they're not. I wish they were the commercials that came in in the 50s, but they're not. They're the modern commercials. And so they're running the commercials. And, the, and I mean, every commercial was talking about this company that's delivering pizzas with an electric car. This company's electric car. This has got an electric car. We're going to get an electric car. And then, you know, one of them touted that the electric car, it will go 300 miles every time you need, a, you know, before you need juice. And I was like, and I was sitting there figuring, you know, if you didn't drive very far in San Antonio when we left here and you went to San Antonio, you might make it back to the house. You went, right. And so I, I'm telling you, it was an influence. I'd never seen those commercials before. And they were just like one after the next, after the next, because it's trying to influence you. That's what it's always been about. Right. It used to just be marketing for you to buy pioneer flower or whatever it be. Right. But now it's about everything else. Now it's about gender. Now it's about this. Now it's about that. It's trying to come in and influence and influence and influence and influence you. And so you have to be on your guard the whole time. And so that's why I preach these messages, these last messages going along. But I have one today. And I got to kind of explain it. You know, I, uh, I, I, you know, y'all know I got a little puppy, you know, and that is sometimes good, sometimes bad. And so. I got to saying to my wife, I think the dog's gone feral. You know, wouldn't listen to me, wouldn't come, wouldn't do anything. And I said, I think the dog done, was outside too long. You know, she's done gone feral. And so then I was out there one day and I said that. And I'm telling you, if I've ever heard God, it dropped in my heart. And it says, and the Lord said, people go feral too. And I thought, you know, that's a good point, Lord. People go feral. And then, I, then, then it, the next thing hit me, he says, it just hit me and it says, it saddens me when Christians go feral. So the title of my message is, when Christians go feral. Now, if you don't know what feral means, feral means having escaped from domestication and become wild. Okay? We have feral hogs, there's feral cats, there's feral dogs, right? An animal that was domesticated, that's feral horses. Right. You have wild Mustangs, you know, you got feral, you got there's feral. Feral is when something when, a, when an animal no longer wants kept wants to be fed in captivity. Let's put it this way and wants to go out on its own and do its own thing and be its own boss and make its own decisions and go where it wants to with no restrictions. They gone feral. Well, today we have people that have gone feral. Now, I don't know. Now, this is this is you got to hear me in this. All right. Y'all, some of y'all looking at me kind of funny, but uh, you got to hear me in this. If you're if a person's lost and doesn't know Jesus, they're already feral. Right. So you can't when you're talking to a heathen, you're talking to somebody that does not know Jesus, does not know God, has no relationship with God in their life. You can't really look at the person. and say, I can't believe you did that. Well, of course they did that because that's the nature that's on the inside of them, the, the fallen nature of man. And they did that because they did that. Right. Yeah. But when you know somebody that's a that's supposedly a Christian, 
And then they act like the world. Then you're looking at them like, okay, you went feral. Hello? Because they were under the, and I don't like to use the word restrictions, but they were under the dominion of the kingdom of God, but then they broke loose and decided they'd start their own. Why are there so many church denominations? Because somebody went feral and wanted to do their own thing. He said, well, that's not right, Pastor. No, just go look back. Look back at the history of churches. I studied church history when I was going through Bible school. I studied church history and I was looking. I was always amazed at how it always went. And then there became a point, some point that they didn't want to go with. And so another branch broke off of that point and went over here and started their denomination because they didn't agree with that point over there. Sometimes right, sometimes wrong. Sometimes it didn't really make a hill of beans. Is that okay to say hill of beans? Yeah. Okay. Could have said something else, but that I said hill of beans. And so what, what the point is, is that Christians can go feral. And you go feral because you no longer want the truth of God's word in your life. Okay, here we go. Let me read you some scripture. Okay. Go to Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Romans 1, 18. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and the Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men, birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Now, do you realize here that what he says, that in order to suppress the truth, that means you would have to have known the truth. You can't suppress something you didn't know. Right. He said, he said, he said, you got to. You, so this person knew truth. But said, I don't want that truth this morning early. Uh, you know, man, I, I don't know about y'all, but like like I, these days of, of cloudiness and that we've been through and dark, man, I get I mean, I, I can't handle it. I mean, like I'm like one of like, oh, I just feel claustrophobic. I feel this, you know, whatever this morning when I went out and then then the, I looked up and man, that sky was clear and I could see all the stars and and it was crisp. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. There you are, you know, but I'm not going to go take the stars and worship them. Right. I want to worship the one that created the stars. I want to worship the one that knows every one of them by name. Right. And you go feral when you say, well, look, I don't want to deal with that. I'm just going to worship the star. Because you're trying to do what you want to do. That's going feral. See, you got to understand something. There's a tendency to go feral in everybody. Like I'm praying this message because, you know, I heard a preacher say this a long time ago. He said there's he said there's more caught than taught. And I'm praying today that as I'm teaching and preaching about this, that you catch something by the spirit, because I, I'm going to get into some things here that that you're not going to. You, you, I, I, I've been telling the Lord the whole week, I said, I can't teach this. I, there's, you can't teach this. 
Like, let me give you a for instance. My wife, she loves this season, this, this time of year, the Thanksgiving going into Christmas and all this. She loves it, right? Loves it. Just, just I mean, our house looks like a forest. There's wreaths hanging everywhere and all this stuff. And out in the trees, there's all this stuff, you know. And, and uh, I don't like it. I'm just telling you, she knows it. She's watching right now. She's not feeling well. Y'all just keep praying for her. But anyway, she's watching right now. And I'm not even worried about getting in trouble to get home. She knows it. Because I'm a person of order. And I like things in order. And I like to keep doing things. And I like to go to work on a Monday. And I like to work through a Friday. I don't want to take off on a Thursday. And then it gets everything off. And then somebody's wanting to take off work. And why you want to take off work? Well, don't you know tomorrow's Thanksgiving? Why we ain't got things? Well, what are we doing Thanksgiving? Just work. I mean, just do your job. And let's just go. We don't want to do mess with this. And then there's all kinds of craziness and stupidity everywhere. And, 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 and I don't like it. I'm sorry. That's what happens to me. So my wife and I. So she tries to coach me. OK, she tries to coach me. And so we came up with this thing that we would watch uh, after Thanksgiving. We would watch once a week a Christmas movie together. We would sit down and watch a Christmas movie. So she got to pick hers and I got to pick mine. Do you all know that the original Die Hard was a Christmas? So I got Die Hard on my line. OK. And so, so my point is, is that that's the, my deal. She's getting, what's his name? Oh, Bing Crosby, you know, and, 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 and White Christmas. And I'm picking Die Hard. All right. And so he said, Pastor, you're terrible. No, she tries to explain. She tries to teach me. She tries to tell me how it makes her feel. And she's like this. And I don't understand. Right. It doesn't compute. It doesn't register. I say, OK, I love you as long as you love me through this, then we're okay, right? And she's like, yeah, we're okay. I said, all right. But I don't understand it. So the, I'm having the same problem this morning because I'm going to get into some stuff here in just a minute that is dear to my heart, is my passion. And as I try to, to, to tell you, I, I don't want you to be like, I, I wish I was watching Die Hard and listening listen to the preacher. You know, I want you to get it by the spirit. So the only way you can from this point on, listen to me, you've got to be connected by the whole, in, in the spirit to, to get what I'm saying. And if you really want it, I promise you, God will change your life over the next few weeks because this message is not going to last just one day. It's going to be a few weeks what I'm getting into. But you've got to understand something that these people knew truth, but they let it go. Why? Why did they know truth and let it go? What was the deal? Was it too hard for them? They didn't want to, they didn't want to walk in it? I mean, uh, what happened? All of us are subject to that. Listen to me. All of you are subject to having a truth and then letting it go. None of us are immune, myself included. So we always constantly have to be watching what's influencing us. We're going to the, you know, this is the holiday season. We're headed to Christmas. And, and, you know, people can get, I've seen it happen so many times, it makes me sick, that people can get so out of sorts during the holidays that everything has to be perfect. It has to be this, has to be that, like that. And we forget about Jesus. Right. What are we celebrating? You know, you say happy holidays. Right? I mean, that's what they want you to do. They want you to make it about other things than about the Savior coming into the world. And so you got to watch yourself because what happens is the moment you start giving up truth, you're starting to go feral. Look at the person beside you and say, have you gone feral? <laughs> See, like my little dog in the morning, like she's really obedient. I call her. 
man, she comes, right? Now, I don't know that she's going to jump on you or bite you or do anything else, but she'll come. Unless I put cat food out, then she wants to eat the cat food. And I can scream at her from a few feet and call her name, and she's deaf. She goes deaf. What are we doing as Christians? Listen to me. Is God screaming at us and telling us to stop something or to watch something or to change something or to whatever, but we've just like my little dog just wants to eat that piece of cat food. That's when you're going feral. And it's not, none of us are, 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 are immune to going feral. You don't want to worship God. I, I mean, I know it's quiet. This is kind of pointed. My wife's not here to control me and give me that eye from over there, but bless God. You knew truth, but then you suppressed it. You didn't want to hear truth. And that's why God turned those people over to a, a, a reprobate heart and a mind because they didn't want to serve God. They wanted to go feral. you know, hail that was on fire falling, right? And then God said, okay, the next one's going to pass. The death angel's going to come through and he's going to kill the firstborn. I don't know about y'all, but if I would have been the firstborn in my family, I'd have sure said, hey, get the blood on the door, right? But anyway, I believe that if I would have been there then and knowing the death angel was coming, I would have wanted to follow the rules to the T, Right? And they were told the rules were all in there. You can go read the whole thing. But what they were supposed to do with the lamb and they're supposed to put the blood over the doors and all that. But there was one very specific thing in verse 10. It says you had to eat it all. There couldn't be any left. If there was any of the bones, everything had to be burned. Everything had you had to take all of the lamb. You couldn't just choose the portion you want. It all had to be gone. How many of y'all, when there's turkey, there's going to be a certain amount of y'all. If you ate turkey, you, you like the white meat and a certain amount like the dark meat. Right? Some want a leg, some want a wing. Right? But when the lamb had to all be gone, you had to eat the whole lamb. Listen to me. You can't have a piece of Jesus. You got to have all of Jesus. You can't take just a portion of that, the part that you want. Oh, yes, I like the part where you bless me. Yes, I like that part. I'll take the blessed part. But you can't not take that we're called to be servants and be servants to the world and wash people's feet. Oh, it's good. I'm laying it down thick. I'm laying it down thick. We can't just use those pieces that we want. You can do that at Thanksgiving with your turkey and your family, but you can't do it with Jesus. You have to have it all. So it all is in the package together. And you're going to have to have the whole package of Jesus. Some people say, oh, well, I just like the part where we don't, I don't want to go to a church. It's like I told you about the, the, the gentleman that told me, yeah, I go to that church. Really, I don't, you know, just wasn't custom that church. He said, they stood up, they must have stood for 30 minutes and sang. I said, yeah, really? I said, yeah. And then, you know, the preaching was good, but they prayed and did a bunch of praying stuff and like this. And, and he says, and he said, the preacher was, the preacher did preach good. He was a little long, but he was good. 
And he said, I just really wasn't comfortable in that church. He said, how about your church? And I said, sounds just like our church. Amen. Ain't no sense coming over here. You didn't like that. Don't come over here. You're not going to like this. Okay, well, you can find likes and dislikes, but you can't go and say, well, Lord, I want to worship you. I just want to worship you the way I want to. No, wait a minute. The Bible says lift up holy hands. Right? The Bible says, says that we're supposed to sing praises to the Lord. You can't have a relationship with God that is all just inward and here because the Bible says, say with your mouth. Hello? You can't pick and choose the parts that you want. You got to take the whole lamb. Go to 2 Corinthians 3, 12. 2 Corinthians 3, 12. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. Now, you have to understand something. Moses, when he went up on the mountain, he talked with God. When he came down, his face was shining. He did not put a veil over his face to keep the people from looking at his shiny face. He didn't want them to see that the shininess was diminishing. But don't you think it would have been odd if Moses came out with like a beekeeper's hat on and you looked at him and said, why you got the belt on, Moses? You would think something was suspicious. Have you ever seen Christians that you started to get suspicious of because they had a veil over their face? Kind of hiding in the back. Weren't so vocal anymore. Whatever. You better watch it. You may be going feral. But their minds, look at this, but their minds were blinded for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Jesus. So the veil over, he's talking about Jewish people here, but he's saying they read the Old Testament, look in the Old Testament, there's a veil over their heart, they can't see it. Folks, listen to me, there are people out there in the world right now today that have gone so feral, they can't see it. You show them black and white right before them and they look at it and say, I, I don't know, I just don't see that. If you can talk to somebody rational. Right. Why? Because they're blinded. You can't get mad at them. You just have to realize they're blinded and don't see it. Prior to me knowing Jesus coming into my life, I was blinded. I didn't see it. I went to a church and that's why, you know, I wanted to be, you know, like respectable, but I didn't see Jesus for who he was. I didn't read the Bible. I didn't see it alive leaping out to me. That was, that was not real to me. Nothing was relevant. God, church, everything. It was not relevant. I didn't need that in my life. I just had to work out my own life is the way I was living because I was blinded. Then when he comes into my life and steps in and I see Jesus, I'm like, oh, everything left. The veil's taken away and all of a sudden now I'm seeing Jesus. I'm like, wow, this world is not what I thought it was. This world is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I, well, the road I'm headed on is my own road, but th there's another road. Thank you, Lord. There's another path. And the veil's taken away and everybody kept coming to me. My friends, people that were, that were my friends that had been friends from childhood would come to me and they would get me and say, Robert, are you Okay. Did the losing the ranch, have you gone insane? Did something happen? Have you snapped? Do we need to take you to a psychiatrist, a doctor, something? Do you need drugs? What is going on? You're not right. And I'd say, I've never been more right. They were like, oh, my. 
And I could see things differently. Why? Was it that I was so blessed? Was I so touched? Was, I so, was it something that I had done? No, it was Jesus came into my life. And when he did, the veil was taken away. When the veil was taken away, I saw everything differently. And that's why I'm saying there's some things in life that I'm trying to say to you. But unless you get the veil taken off, unless you let Jesus do it, unless you let the Holy Ghost come in and remove it, then you don't see things the right way. And it grieves me. Not about y'all or everything, but there's people. I'm grieved right now in the world when I see people, they're just lost. They're lost and they're just doing the stupidest things. But look at this. He says, but even in the day when Moses is, is read, the veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. And we all with unveiled faces behold as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. So. The process does not take place instantaneously and it, you did it once and forever. It's a continual process. The veil gets taken off and you're like, ah. but there's a continual process of learning truth and walking in truth and going deeper with God in the things of God. Not that you become the mystic. Right. The 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 Merlin, the magician. No, that you grow more and more and, 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 and work and, and in this world. And it's called the sanctification process. But you keep going through and you keep getting closer to Jesus. And then the veil. So, oh, that's what that's about. Now I get it, Lord. And you go on to another step and another step and another step and another step. Amen. It never ends. All of us today, you probably have some some figment in your imagination to what you think heaven's like. But when we get to heaven, you're going to say, <laughs> I didn't think of that. Right? right? I mean, there's times that I think, OK, now, if God's going to pull this off, he's going to need to do this and this and this. And for that to happen. OK, that'll work. And then all of a sudden. Poof, and I was like, how did that happen? How did that work? I don't understand. He's like, yeah, it's because my ways aren't your ways. Neither are my thoughts your thoughts. Hello? Okay, so the place we want to be at is we want to be open and receptive, standing there saying, Lord, here I am. Use me. Amen? Okay, now here's where I want you to go. I want you to go to the Old Testament, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. In my opinion, this is just my humble opinion, I think the 53rd chapter of Isaiah is one of the most, I don't know what you call it, most amazing, most paramount chapters in the Old Testament. There's revelational truth here that, was, that you can chew on for the, your entire life on earth. And so I'm, I'm, I want to show you something. I see this. I, the Lord took me here and he showed me something that I, I, I just see it differently than I've ever seen it. If you think I'm stammering, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to find the words to say it because there's such beauty that the Lord has shown me uh, that it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. But anyway, Isaiah 53, 1, Lord, help me here. Who has believed a report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Let's stop right there. 
Who has believed our report? You know, I remember when the early days when I first met Jesus and I would try to tell my friends about Jesus and what was happening. And they didn't believe my report. They thought I was crazy. Okay. Here's Isaiah. You got to put you, you got to understand this. Here's Isaiah prophesying by the spirit of God and the scribe. Let's just say it worked this way. The scribe is writing it down and he gets up one morning and he says, I, I feel the word of the Lord. I feel the spirit of the Lord upon me here. Get your quill out right quick. Get the ink. Let's get ready to write this down. Okay, here we go. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And then he goes through the rest of these verses and he goes on to talking about Jesus coming, but he has no idea. He knows it's the Messiah, but he's prophesying all this, not having any idea how this could all come to pass, not understanding the things. You see, when I was young and I didn't know really, I didn't, I didn't, you know, before I was saved, let's put it that way, before I was saved, I mean, I knew Jesus went to the cross. I knew Jesus died at Calvary. I could call, I could call the things that I knew the the, 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 the words, the, the Christian go words, right? I knew Calvary, I knew Golgotha, the cross. I knew Jesus died. I knew he, he rose from the dead. I knew these things, but I knew them in my head, not in my heart. They weren't revelation to me. They weren't stepping back and saying, oh my gosh. It was, yeah, well, you didn't know Jesus died. So Isaiah's prophesying, he says, who has believed our report? If you look up that word report, it means report, news, or tidings. Okay? Let me give you a few places in the New Testament where the same verbiage is used. Luke 2.10, the Christmas story. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. The angel said, I'm bringing you good tidings. Isaiah prophesying, who's going to believe our tidings? Who's going to believe our report? How about Jesus? In Luke 4, 43, Jesus says, but he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, because for this purpose, I have been sent. He said he's going to preach the kingdom of God, and we call that, the gospel. 418. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So what Jesus came, he got that out of Isaiah and he goes, and says, the gospel. See, we throw that word around the gospel, the good news. Have you heard the good news? But you got to understand what that is. It's, it's not a, how do I say it? It's not a, it's not like you know, it's, a, it's, it's not like a document. That's not the point that we're trying to make. They're saying, hey, we got something good to tell you. Jesus died on the cross. He arose from the grave. He's the son of God. Confess and believe in him. All your sins are gone. Good news. That's what it was about. That's, that's what he was meaning. Jesus said, I got to preach the gospel, the good news. Hey, that there's a way out. You're not going to die in your sins. You're not going to go to hell. There's a way out. But Isaiah prophesied, I said, who, who believed our report? Who's going to believe our report? And I'm just telling you, there's a world out there right now that is not believing the report. I just 
can I just I'm just going to tell you my my belief. This is the Seth Robert. Okay, I just do not believe that we're going to be closer as you go down this road. People are looking at political things and this and that and the other, and I don't believe that's going to make any difference. I just believe the world's gone feral, and it's to get people off the fence. And you're going to fall one side or the other. You're either going to be Christian or not. I mean, folks, listen to me. Did you, I mean, just look at the hypocrisy of the world. The World Cup is going on and, and they're converting people to, to Muslims to become Muslims. And they're, they're having their banners. They're having it. Their imams come out and do preaching, basically. But if you said anything about being a Christian or said anything about Jesus Christ or you said anything about let's go to church, you would just be harassed and condemned and just. We've got a world right now that says it's okay to be a Muslim, but they don't even understand what that means. But just as long as you don't say to be a Christian, because if you're a Christian, you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you're all these other horrible things, and you can't be that. The world's turning against Christians. The world's turning against Christian and, and churches and denominations. Now we have churches that are folding to, to, to go that direction to try to whatever. What, I, don't even want to, I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, but they're just folding in from the gospel and going to go be just like it. And, 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 and I'm telling you, you're going to be the bad guy. If you believe in Jesus and you love Jesus with all your heart and you believe the Bible's the truth, you're going to be painted as the bad guy. But I'm telling you, you're not. Because we believe the report. Whose report? Whose report are you going to believe? Right? And there's coming a time in the face of the earth where we're going to have this Christian stand up and say, listen, I hadn't gone feral. I'm staying in the pen of Christianity. Amen. Matter of fact, I want to get me some nails and make sure my boards are nailed up good. Because I'm not going to go feral. I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to go. Uh, there's a no, I'm in a no compromise situation here. I will not change. Amen. Now, then he says the second ver part of the verse. Right. He says. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, that's a, another word, the arm of the Lord. If you look up the word, the arm, it literally means arm, forearm, shoulder. But it, in, a, in, a, in a spiritual sense, it means strength. Okay. A force, power can also mean that like a military. In Deuteronomy 9, 29, it says, yet they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out by your own mighty power and by your outstretched arm. So it's talking about, look, God doesn't just want to get you to believe the report. God wants to show his power and his strength to you. Amen. So there's two, two things here. You see, you could just believe the report and never see the power. And God doesn't want us doing that. Through, the, through Isaiah's prophecy, he's saying, no, no, no. Jesus came to, so that you could believe the report and experience the power. Amen. There is too many things, too many events happened in my life that I cannot ever go feral. Because I, I, I've seen God move too many times. I've seen too many things he's done for me. I've seen him touch me too many times and answer and give me the smallest little thing to things that were... I'm like, Phew. but if you've not experienced 
Listen, if you've not experienced the power of God, the saving arm of God, the strength of God in your life, well, then I'm telling you, you're living half a Christian life. And it'd be very easy for you to go feral. Wouldn't take much at all. Because you're like, well, okay, well, I don't want to go to church anymore. I mean, whatever. You know, I'm not seeing God moving my life or anything. I'm just doing it because I think I ought to do it. Well, then, folks, listen to me. You're going to go feral. Look at the person beside you. Come on, say, don't go feral. I'm going to keep saying that word so many times until you've got it down into your heart so that all the time you're just saying, oh, man, I almost went feral. And you just, you got it. You just got it. You got it. And everybody said, what are you talking about? I said, ah, crazy preacher we got. Talking about going feral. I ain't going to go feral. You can't make me go feral. Go talking. You're praying like that. They said, devil, I tell you, you can't make me go feral. I ain't going to go feral. I'm just going to get it, drill it to you, drill it to you, drill it to you. You say, that is just so hick, Robert. Well, that's bless God. That's where I came from. So let me show you this. Now go to Proverbs 29, 18. How are you going to find and walk in that revelation? How are you going to, you, you're going to believe the report of the Lord and walk in the power of God? And I, I really, I'm, I'm going to give you this scripture. I'm going to talk about this a little bit. And then I'm stopping for today because I, I got to let this soak in. I just don't want to keep going and teaching and teaching. I got to get this. I got to get this soaked into y'all. I got to keep saturating you and get this soaked in. Amen. But you got to see this Proverbs 29, 18. It says where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. They go feral. Hello? But happy is he who keeps the law where there's no revelation. If you look at that word revelation, it just doesn't mean like, <clears throat> oh, OK, I understand. OK, it means a prophetic revelation. In other words, it's the revelation like the very first time when you got saved, when you asked Jesus to come to your life and you knew something happened, you knew something changed and boom, you knew he was real. Right. It's by prophetic revelation that that, you know, every every encounter you've had with the Lord has caused you to have it that you know that you can't go back and do it the way you used to do. You got to do it this way because that's a prophetic revelation that's come to you. It's real to you. It's what's become a part of your life. It's firm to you. You you, you can't deviate off of it. Right. It's not it's not it's not like. Like you just got a little, well, there, you know, okay, let me just say this. Let me just use this as an example. Okay, like you say healing. Yeah, I read it about it in the Bible, and, I, and I, I understand healing. And yes, I understand it's by faith, and yes, I understand this, and oh, yeah, I understand that. Well, I believe in healing, but the first time you get miraculously healed, then all of a sudden now by prophetic revelation, that's how you're living your life. You're like, I don't know what happened, but bless God, I got healed. Right? It's changed. It's different. It's a different. It's a completely different stance for you in your argument with the world or the report that you believe. Right. Because now it's real to you. It's like the time, you know, uh, with finances. And I, I told you we were down, you know, and I didn't have twenty dollars. I needed twenty dollars. And then the, an envelope came and there's twenty dollars in it. And it said, and Jesus from Jesus, I love you. And it was exactly when I need $20 and I had the $20 and I opened up the mail and there it was, it was $20. And I was like, <laughs> it worked. God heard my prayer. Yeah. Right. And so I, I can still to this day stop and remember that. And so therefore I have a prophetic revelation of it. 
But there's a lot of Christians out there that are not living by prophetic revelation. And listen to me. A prophetic revelation is not me prophesying to you and you hearing it and saying, wow. No, no, that's not it. Prophetic revelation is a revelation from the great high priest, the prophet Jesus, that has showed you something and it literally seared into your heart and left a scar, you know, like you got branded and it's there and you can look at it and say, oh, no, right there. It's a truth that comes into your life that you could never, ever go any other direction by because you know it. You may not have all the great abilities to go back into the all the books of the Old Testament and all the books that are out there in life and prove your theory and your theology through this. You just know what's real because he's touched you. That's the prophetic revelation that you have to live by. That's what you need in this day to be able to carry on to the future. You have to be living by prophetic Revelation so that you know that the report of the Lord that's come to you and that he has revealed the strength of his arm to you and you will not go feral because you have a prophetic revelation. We can't have namby pamby Christianity anymore. We can't be living in a milk toast world. How many of y'all know what milk toast is? Give me some hands up here if you see milk toast. See my, my grandmother, she's from East Texas and I, I don't know why. I guess East Texas people ate milk toast. I don't know. But she came to me. She when we grew up, I, I, like right at my house, we had a breakfast or we had cereal. All right. But when we went to my grandmother's house, she had milk toast. And basically milk toast is nothing but a piece of toast put in a toaster, toasted, cut up in pieces, thrown in there, pour milk over and some sugar is milk toast. I don't like milk toast. I mean, the bread gets soggy. It's all nasty. But I mean, she always had milk toast. And so it always just hit me in life. Like anything I saw that was like watered down, no good, not very good is like milk toast. Why you I don't want milk toast. Give me a biscuit. Hello? I want a biscuit backstrap and gravy. Now we're talking. Put a piece of backstrap right in the middle of a big old biscuit. Pour gravy all over it and eat it. There's nothing better in life. If I was on death row and had to have a last meal, then somebody had to kill a deer. <laughs> but I do not want milk toast. Well, we can't have milk toast Christians either that are going to get all soggy and disappear in the milk. <clears throat> right? We got to have Christians at this day and hour that are standing up and say, look, dude, I'm living by the prophetic rev. I'm living. Forget that word. I'm living by what I know is right. End of story. Then you have a prophetic revelation. You can't be moved. That's the only way the arm of the Lord is going to be revealed to you in strength is when you're standing as a Christian and saying, I, I, I want to continue to walk in this process with you, Lord, of the sanctification process. I keep wanting to go on and on. I realize I do not know it all. I want the veil to keep getting removed more and more and more. And I'm going to stand here, Lord, and I'm not moving. This is what I'm doing. I'm living for you. We've got to encourage our other Christian brothers and sisters who profess that they're Christians that they can't live their milk toast lives anymore. If you go through and you read the Gospels and you start looking at how many times the Apostle Paul talked to the people, says, make sure you take care of the household of faith. 
And there's a lot of Christians that are just getting duped. It's the only other word I know for it. They're just getting hoodwinked and duped, thinking that everything's okay because they do not have a prophetic revelation in their life. And they're just going with the flow and just saying, well, whatever, it'll be okay, whatever. And it's not going to be okay, whatever. Right. Amen? Amen? What's going to happen is they're going to go feral. And you know what, what happens to feral animals? They get shot. <clears throat> processed. And eaten. So I don't want you to go feral. I'll give you one more verse. See, I messed up on my time here, but, but y'all may get out early, but don't think it's going to be a, an every week thing. Don't get spoiled. <laughs> Look at Luke 9.23. Luke 9.23, and I'm going to quit on this one. Because I want to give you an assignment this week. I want you to go and read Isaiah 53 real slow. And I want you to read over it and then read over it again. Do you think you've read it? Read over it again, because next week I want to get into Isaiah 53. But I only got the one verse right now in all of this, so you can imagine what's going to take place with all the rest of the verses. Luke 9, 23, Jesus said, and he said unto them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. Huh, what's that word? What is it? Just once a week? Once a month? Every quarter? Daily? Hmm. And follow me. Folks, listen to me. This walk we live with Jesus. Look, you have to understand something. And I don't know if you believe this or not, but I'm telling you that if I was not the pastor of this church, if this isn't where God called me to be and I was not the pastor of this church, I would be no different. I'm going to get up every morning. I want to read my Bible. I'm going to talk to Jesus. I'm going to speak and declare and I'm going to live. This is my life because I've seen him. I'm living by prophetic revelation. I just come in here and share it with y'all. But I'm living by prophetic revelation. This is the way I want to live because he's already touched me and I can't change. I can't go back. I can't go do anything else. I can't go feral because I know there's nothing out there. I've already looked over the fence on the feral side. Walked around in there for a while and said, well, that ain't no good. That grass may look better, but it's bitter. That grass over there, it looks good, but it's going to get me in trouble. I don't want to go down there. I don't want to walk over that path. I want to stay in the pen. I crawled back over the pen, jumped the pen, got me some more nails, nailed up at another board higher. Try to keep me from getting out. It's a daily walk. It's not just Sunday. It's not just, oh, well, I made it to Wednesday. No, it's a daily walk. It's a daily desiring to, to, the prophetic revelation to come into your life, a daily thing of walking with Jesus and saying, Lord, I, I don't want to. I don't want to go do what I want to do just because I want to do it because I may be going feral. I want to do what you're telling me to do because this is the answer and I know it. Hello? Amen. So one more time, look at the person beside you and say, don't go feral. Amen. Well, stand to your feet if you would. Can I have my prayer team come down, please? Listen to me if you're out watching this message and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, I understand you've been hoodwinked. Understand the veil is upon your heart. But if you right there, it's a miracle. If you right there would call out upon the name of Jesus, if you would say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins. 
Or you could just climb out, scream out, Jesus, help me. And he will touch you right there because he sees your heart. And when he'll touch you right there, that veil's taken away. The world looks different. The world looks different. So call upon the name of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Call upon Jesus and you'll be saved. If you're in here and, and, and you know, maybe, maybe you realize today that you, you've been heading down the, the road of being feral. Well, we're here to pray for you, okay? You, 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 don't, you can just walk up to somebody and say, hey, I, I, I kind of went feral. And we'll pray. Amen? Amen? If you need prayer for anything, anybody, maybe this, this, this message has been a revelation to you and you realize you know somebody's gone feral and you just want to pray for them. Whatever, church. Listen to me. Prayer works. Prayer works. Amen? So everybody say with me, I'm not going feral. Come on, one more time. Say, I'm not going feral. Amen. I take that person's hand beside you and let me pray for you and bless you. Father, I thank you this day that you bless these people. Lord, I declare you heard it out of their mouth. We don't want to go feral. We don't want to go out there and do what, the, what we want to in the world and, 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 and be turned over to reprobate minds. Lord, we want to follow you. We want to walk with you. We don't want to be Christians gone feral. We want to live for you with all of our heart. So, Lord, I pray today that you bless them. I pray today, Lord God, that the veil is taken away from their hearts and their minds. Any area of our lives, Lord, that we are, we're veiled to, we're hoodwinked. Lord, lift that veil so we can see, so that we can walk through the sanctification process with you, growing week, day by day by day by day with you. And so, Lord, I praise you for it. Bless them, Lord God, as we go out and give us a voice in this world. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.